0: Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. If you've got your Bibles, would you join me at Judges chapter 16? Judges chapter 16. If there's a woman near you, look at and tell them women's month is going to be incredible. Women's month is going to be incredible. Amen. Amen. Judges chapter 16, verse 26. Judges chapter 16, verse 26. Did you all enjoy Tiny Desk last month? We had an amazing, uh, unique, and uh, creative time, and I'm glad we were able to stretch our wings. Judges 16, verse 26. Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Samson said to the slave who was assigned to him, put my hands where I can feel the pillars that keep the temple up so I can lean against them. You may be seated in the presence of the lord i want to preach uh, for a little while today using as a subject you're gonna have to push me to do it you're gonna have to push me to do it would you look at the person beside you and tell them that's my story that's my story amen look at him and tell him you really gonna have to push me to make me do that While America found itself in a chaos and division, Lyndon Baines Johnson was the president. And he said to Martin Luther King Jr. in a private setting, you're going to have to push me. You're going to have to push to make me sign the Civil Rights Act that was eventually passed in 1964. But I don't really want to uh, hunker down on 1964. I want to look at Luke chapter five. And Luke chapter five, something amazing and mesmerizing is taking place as Jesus is uh, teaching that day. And the Bible shares that people are coming from everywhere just to lean in and get access to the word that Jesus is teaching. And the crowd becomes so massive that the Census Bureau can't even assign a number to how many came out that day. But Jesus realized that he wanted to reach them, he wanted to teach them, he wanted them to be able to receive what he was imparting. And so while Jesus was teaching by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two empty boats. When he saw the two empty boats, Because the Bible says in Luke chapter five that the owners of the boats are cleaning the nets. Jesus jumps into one of those boats. And what he does next is absolutely mystifying. It's mystifying because at the core essence of our faith, we believe that Jesus is omnipotent, which means that he has all the power. But I want you to see what Jesus does in Luke chapter 5 when he gets on board of that fishing boat. He says something to Simon Peter that in all of my days, I have never heard exegeted, I've never heard preached, I've never heard explained. Jesus gets in the boat. This is the same Jesus who walks on water. He gets on the boat and when he gets on the boat, he says to Simon Peter, watch this, push me. This is unnerving because Jesus has all power, but he's asking somebody to push him. Now before it is that we begin to spiral down about Jesus asking somebody to push him, the question that I need to ask of you today is if Jesus has all power and still asks for a push, Why are you so full of pride that you feel like you don't need one? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who you are, I don't care what it is that you have, what degrees or what accomplishments you have behind your belt, everybody at some moment in their life is going to need a push. Would you just push the person sitting in front of you and tell them you need it, you need you need a push. I remember when my twins, Angel and door, they loved going to the playground when they were toddlers. Angel and door, when they would love going to the playground, they would uh, get on their favorite, which was the swings. I got twins, identical twins. They on the swings, and both of them would yell at the same time, "Push me, Daddy!" I said I'm, I'm pushing you I'm pushing your sister right now you gotta wait a minute he says no push me they, they, they wanted to be pushed at the same time and so there I am as their dad trying to push Angel and then push a door and invariably Angel would say higher I'm, I'm pushing Angel running over pushing the door Angel, but didn't yell out, faster! I'm pushing Angel, running over, pushing the door. And they didn't understand if they wanted to go higher, if they wanted to go faster, then I had to push them harder. Some of you don't understand that where you are in your life with what's going on in this season, the reason why the push is so hard is because God wants you to go higher. Is there anybody that believes where you are right now is the lowest you ever going to be? But because God is pushing me, I'm going higher and I'm going to go faster. I got to give Simon Peter credit. I got to give Simon Peter credit because when Jesus asked him to push him, Simon Peter never asked the master why. He never got so full of arrogance that he asked the master, why do you want me to push you? And might I posit to you today, isegetically, that perhaps he did not ask him because Simon Peter was not a Philistine. There's something about Philistines that I need you to be aware of. is Philistines, recognize your strength. Hear this. Philistines, recognize your strength, but look for your weakness. They understand what it is that you carry, but they are trying to devise a plan to break you down. There are some people who are so unnerved and miffed and upset because they can't believe how it is that you keep it all together when if they had half of your struggle, they would have had a nervous breakdown. Uh, the thing about the oil and the favor of God is folk can find out about your weakness but they still can't break you. You can know about the stuff that I did in my past but it doesn't disqualify me because when God called me, he already knew my issues, already knew my vulnerability and knew where I had chinks in the armor. There was only one question. There is only one question that Philistines ask, and the only questions that Philistines ever ask is this one. Here it is. The only question that Philistines ask is, what makes you so strong? And that's what people have been trying to figure out all year, is what makes you so strong? How have you gone through all of that and you ain't bitter? What makes you so strong? How did you endure that level of persecution and you ain't dreaming about vengeance? What makes you so strong? How are you living knowing they made a promise that they never made good on, but you're still eating every day and still got everything you need? What makes you so strong? What makes you so strong when you, never, when you never show us that what they did to you really impacted you? What, what, what makes you so strong that you don't need a bottle of liquor to calm your nerves? You don't need a cigarette to make your day. You ain't saying nothing. You don't need a cup of coffee for you to get moving in the morning. All you know is this joy that I have, the the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Look, hallelujah. Would you look at the person beside and tell them, I don't even know how I'm this strong. There are some days I can't even think about what I've been through. Because if I think about it, it'll make me cry. If I think about it, I won't be able to get out of the bed. If I think about it, I'll be trying to hurt somebody. But the Lord said, "If I hold my peace, and let the Lord fight my battle." What? makes you so strong. (laughs) Hallelujah. I feel glory coming right through here. Would you grab that neighbor and just shake that neighbor tell them you getting stronger by the minute. (sighs) The stuff that used to upset you, the stuff that used to bother you, the stuff that used to frustrate you, now you're just gonna roll off of you. What makes you so strong? They start asking this question. What makes you so strong? They ask this question first around our central character of our narrative for the day. They asked this question to Samson, what makes you so strong? We know him, for those of us that graduated from Vacation Bible School, we know him as the strongest man in the Bible. But by virtue of the fact that they're asking what makes you so strong, it gives evidence that Samson does not have triceps. Samson does not have biceps. Trent Samson does not have abs. Because they're asking what makes him so strong. Nobody has ever seen him at the gym. Uh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So the reason why they are thrown off is because he don't look like his strength. Some of y'all ought to be tearing up this road. The reason why folk better be careful how they make assumptions about you is even if I don't look like what you think I am, don't play with me. It's a whole lot that comes with me. I ain't got to wear designer clothes or drive a foreign car, but I am valuable to the kingdom of God. You don't know who I am. Man looks at the outer appearance. But God looks at the heart. And so looking at Samson, they're trying to figure out where does his strength come from? And I got to tell y'all this that at this time of the text, I have no evidence of Samson's prayer life. I have no evidence of Samson's fasting schedule. I have no evidence of him studying sacred texts. Samson is so strong. I'm telling you, you better brace yourself. Samson is so strong and it has nothing to do with him. Help me, Pastor. It has nothing to do with him. Samson is strong because of the covenant God made with his mother. God, y'all don't know when to shout in here. God said some of the stuff you getting ready to get is not because you prayed for it not because you deserved it but I made an agreement with your mama that I would never leave you or forsake you some of y'all ought to be shouting for a praying mother that wanted to see you excel and wanted to see you conquer it all it is your mother's prayer that got you in this position secret of his strength is a covenant made with his mother that he ought never to cut his hair and to stay within the alignment of the will of God I'm telling you the Philistines are sneaky people and so they will do whatever it takes to separate you from your anointing to separate you from your covenant But part of the problem is we keep helping the enemy. We keep assisting in our downfall. The Bible says that when Samson comes of age, watch what the text says in Judges chapter 12. The Bible says he goes down to Timnah. He goes down to Timnah. He goes down to Timnah looking for a bride. I need you to understand that where it is that Samson lives is where the temple is. But the Bible says he goes down to Timnah looking for somebody to be with. Hear this, he went to find somebody not on his level. God y'all don't know when to shout. He went down to Timnah. His parents asked him, can't you find anybody that's not in the covenant of God? He says, no, I want to go to the lowest place in order to find companionship y'all ain't saying nothing to me y'all better safeguard your anointing and stop letting these low lives get access to the glory that is on you too many ancestral prayers went in the way it is that you in for you to fall in love with some slick mouth scammer you don't need nobody to just pay your rent you need somebody that can cover you in prayer and fight for you in the spirit realm. He went down to Timna. He goes down in the Timna. Watch this. And many of you have a false theology about who Satan is. You have a false understanding of who the prince of darkness is that somehow or another you have curated in your own imagination that the devil is God's alter ego. You have believed falsely that whatever it is that God does in the light, the devil can do in the dark. It is not so. I need you to understand here it is that while Jesus is omnipotent, he is also omniscient which means that he has all knowledge. Satan does not have all knowledge. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And because Satan does not have all knowledge, he just keeps throwing different things at you and then steps back to see what you respond to. And then what you respond to, that's what it is that he'll squeeze on you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm telling you, throw the enemy off. No matter how bad it is, don't you give them demons the satisfaction of letting them know how much they're bothering you and stressing you. Smile to the people that did you dirty. Be nice to the folk that left you for dead. They meant it for evil, but God is going to work it out. So Satan recognizes what Samson's weakness is, because he dated down. And because he dated down, he employed a young woman by the name of Delilah. And I want you to notice something about Delilah. Delilah is not in covenant. Delilah is not one of the daughters of the Most High. But Delilah does something, here, this ladies, that operates at a level of frugal integrity that a lot of people have missed. She got the secrets of Samson's power. Y'all ain't gonna like it. She got the secrets of Samson's power without ever sleeping with him. Oh God, y'all ain't saying nothing. She never compromised her strength to get his strength. She never sleep with him, but got his secrets. I'm trying to figure out how you sleeping with a Negro and about to get evicted. I'm trying to figure out how you sleeping with somebody and still ain't got a car, no. He gave away all the strength. Just blink at me twice. Thank you. <laughs> she never slept with Samson, but got his secret. Here it is Samson armed his adversary. Armed his adversary and said this is what you do to get my strength Take my hair off Ladies and gentlemen stop giving people your power Y'all ain't saying nothing I said stop giving people your power Your worst enemy your worst enemy your worst enemy is your former best friend That that, that they know all of the stuff about you and will hold it over your head and try to keep you as a hostage. But what they don't know is what you know about me is the old me. That ain't even who I am no more. So it don't even have authority over my life. Delilah got Samson's secret. The secret was in Samson's hair. Said all we got to do is just cut it off. She lulls Samson to sleep. And when she lulls Samson to sleep, watch this. He, she then brings in envoys who tie him up. And they cut off his hair. And effectively, immediately, he is absent of all of his strength. I need you to know that uh, at that moment, that they shave off Samson's locks, and he has no more strength. That's what we believed was the mission and the assignment of the enemy. Because they only asked, what makes you so strong? And Delilah only asked, what is the source of your strength? Said my hair. Ladies and gentlemen, they shaved off his hair, and again, he has no strength. At this moment, the enemy should have left him alone, should have walked away, should have lifted up their hands as victors. But after Samson loses his strength, they do not leave. The Bible says in Judges chapter 16, they pluck out his eyes. King James Version says they gouge out his eyes. Because the loss of strength is not the enemy's focus. Because the enemy knows that every believer will have a weak moment. Will have a weak season. But they said if we cannot just take his strength, we want to take away his vision. Because if he can't see anything better that he won't believe for anything better. I'm telling you where God steps in is when you have vision while you're weak. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Everything in your demeanor begins to shift. Where the enemy messed up, he only attacks what you have. But he cannot attack what you see. And I believe that there's about 3,000 that ought to be giving God glory. Not for your cars, not for your house, not for your money. But I want you to shout for what God is showing you come on I want you to shout for what you see him doing in your life I dare you to scream for the vision that you got for your children I dare I you to worship him you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I just need somebody in this room to just shout out loud, I see it, I see it. Hallelujah, if you don't see nothing, don't say nothing. But I, those of you that believe that September's gonna be better than August, I dare to shout, I see it. Those of you that believe zeros are being added to your checking account, Somebody shout, I see it. Those of you that believe you're going to have a housewarming before the year is over, I see it. You see your children going to college with no tuition payment. Somebody shout, I see it. The doctor coming back saying, I can't find nothing wrong in your body. Somebody shout, I see it. They gouged out his eyes because they didn't want him to have a vision. They didn't want him to see anything. And the Bible says something in Judges chapter 16 that bothers me. It says that they filled a stadium. The Philistines filled a stadium. Watch this. And asked for Samson to come entertain them. Ladies and gentlemen, what bothers me and burdens me, robs me of sleep, is that Samson actually did. I want you to know that there are some people who are only using you for entertainment purposes only. God, I can't hear nobody in here. They don't want to see you strong. They don't want to see your vision come to pass. They don't want to see you excel. They don't want to see you walk in your assignment. Uh, But they don't know that God is saving the last laugh for you. Hallelujah. You may not think that I'm much, but it ain't over, and it ain't over until I win. I know you take delight that the marriage didn't work. I know you're happy I had to downsize. I know you get off in hearing that my child ain't doing well, but I need you to know the last laugh is going to happen on my watch because he may not come when I want him to come, but he is an odd time. He gave his secrets to Delilah. They shaved his head, gouged out his eyes. They brought him to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. (laughs) Every seat is filled for the entertainment of his enemies. And now we get to our text. The Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, he put his hand in the hand of a slave New International Version as we read today as translated in 1976 says put his hand in the hand of a servant King James Version translated in 1611 says he put his hand in the hand of a slave ladies and gentlemen I need you to understand this that um, they put him in the wrong hands hallelujah the Holy Spirit showed me something that um, is so overwhelming for me that I, uh, I couldn't wait to get it to you. Would you uh, take the hand of the person who's beside you? Just look straight ahead, please, because I, I got to address something. I need somebody's hand in your hand. You're watching at home. Call whoever's in the house to come sit next to you. Hold your hand. You didn't even realize why holding hands in church makes you so uncomfortable. Why you hate it so. It gets on your nerves. Only thing you hate more than holding hands is turning to your neighbor. (laughs) I know you. I know you. I need that neighbor's hand in your hand. Because what we have lost as a community, what we have lost in the body is intimacy without sexuality. God, 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 I can't hear nobody in here. Is people will sleep with you and never hold your hand. God, God, God I can't hear nobody in here. They, 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 they don't mind exploring your body, but never want to hold your hand. Isn't it amazing that the Beatles' number one song was, I want to hold your hand. Isn't it amazing, Def Jam, that you can find all kinds of songs about sleeping with somebody but can't find one song in this generation about holding hands? Hallelujah. Because the enemy wants to sexualize intimacy and understands if you understand the power of agreement, hallelujah if two or three are gathered together in my name there i shall be also the bible says that samson takes the hand of a slave y'all are missing it they're not realizing he's holding the hand here's your shout of somebody who wants to be free god help me to preach this thing right you don't even know that person whose hand you're holding, before 12 noon, God is going to free them from whatever had them shackled. God, I can't hear no worship of whoever's hand you're holding. When you open up your mouth, whatever had them in bondage. Satan is gonna have to get their hand off of there. I dare you to pull on that neighbor's hand. While I'm pulling on your hand, I'm breaking every soul tie. I'm breaking every addiction. I'm breaking every weakness. I'm breaking every trap. I'm breaking every blood curse. There is power. Hey, hey, hallelujah. I dare you to pull on that neighbor's hair. I say, pull on that neighbor's hair and tell your neighbor by the power of the blood. I'm pulling you out of every reckless relationship by the power of the Holy Ghost, every demonic curse, and every spirit of iniquity be working of the enemy has just been broken off of your life. You ought to be shouting that you ain't gonna die no slave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Hey. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. free at last free at last thank God almighty I'm free from my mistakes I'm free from my ex I'm free from my record I'm free from my path free at last Samson then said to that slave, to that servant, push me till I put my hand on the pillows. Oh my God. Push me till I put my hand on the pillar. Because I'm getting ready to tear all of this up. It is overwhelming to know It's overwhelming to know, my Bible scholars, students of the Word of God, it is amazing to note that it's not until he lost his strength, it's not until he lost his vision that I can ever find Samson praying. When he has his strength, no prayer. When he has a vision, no prayer. He had to lose all of that to finally function as an intercessor. God, I'm preaching and y'all don't even realize it. He said, put my hand on the pillar. I feel bad for the people who's sitting next to you because they don't even know what's getting ready to happen. He said, Lord, give me strength one more time. So all my enemies will pay for trying to break me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And the Bible says in the next verse, God answered his prayer. I can't hear nobody. God said, when you open up your mouth, the folk that think they got away with what they did to you, it's getting ready to crumble on them. The folk that been spitting your name out of their mouth, their whole world is getting ready to fall apart. Hallelujah. My time is up, I need you to be seated. I gotta show you something, please. Lyndon Bain Johnson, Lyndon Bain Johnson said um, to Dr. King in the Oval Office, he said to him, hear this, you're gonna have to push me in order for this bill to pass. So, do you all can drink at any water fountain Living in the neighborhood, have your children go into any school. I know it's right, I know you should have it, but you're gonna have to push me to do it. God, I can't hear nobody. And I want you to know that is God's instructions for me to you. God says, today you want it, push me to do it. Come my heart, push the hand of God to leave God no choice but to bless me. But here's what's crazy, y'all. I need you to function in a place, here it is, that I am pushing God and it ain't for me. I'm giving a push God for the people who are on my road. Because there's somebody on my road that lost their vision and somebody else that lost their strength. But when I push God, I need God to shift everything in their life until the power of the Holy Ghost falls on there. would you look down your row and say i may need a little push it's been a long summer for me but would you push god one time so that the gates of hell will not prevail against me i need you to push god cuz i'm worried about my daughter i'm worried about my son i'm worried about losing my He said, Put my hand on the puller. God, give me strength. And when I push, the whole structure of white supremacy is getting ready to fall. God, I can't hear nobody whatever conspiracy they got working against me on the job it is about to collapse whatever they think they're gonna put my child god is getting ready to reverse it and the bible said with one push the whole thing fell apart y'all already know by now that push just means praise until something happened look at the person beside you and tell them all i need is one push but when i push god today some things are getting ready to crumble in the enemy of darkness's care when i push the lamb about to be first and the first are about to be last when i push the sick are gonna say i'm here and the poor are gonna say i am rich when i count to three i just want you to push god to give you the greatest blessing that you have received this year one two three I'm going to open up your mouth, I dare you to push, y'all ain't saying nothing, I dare you to push, hey, let God arise, let my enemies be scattered, hey, y'all ain't ready for it. I dare to just push two people around you and tell them you ain't staying where you are. You're going higher than you ever been. You're going further than you ever dreamed. Push somebody. Hey, hey. I said, push somebody. I will not be satisfied. With average run-of-the-mill status quo. Push somebody. For God to do exceedingly. Abundantly. Hey. Hey. Oh my God. No music. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to get out of here. My time is up. But God said, if you got one last shout in you, this ain't even for you. If you got one last scream in you, it ain't even for your neighbor. But God said, I need you to push me so I can push your children, I can push your grandchildren to be great. All they need is a push. They can do well in math. They can do well in reading. They can do well in business. Pop! Lift your hands, I wanna pray for you. All you need is a push. You ain't gotta stay in no apartment. You just need somebody to push you the home ownership. Y'all ain't screaming right, I don't know what's wrong with you. 50 of y'all, if you don't scream to the top of your lungs, I'm leaving. You ain't got to believe everything the doctor said. There is a doctor above every doctor. Push! I speak of every lifted hand. That two things are going to happen in September. God is going to send somebody who's going to push you to go higher. He's going to push you somebody, send somebody who's going to push you so that the process of your life will go faster. But I declare over every lifted hands that God is putting you in a strategic position for you to be able to push somebody else. There is somebody whose life is stagnant who has no idea they need your hand. And God is going to use you to push them. Those of you who know that after the kind of year that you've had, you need God to push you to go to the highest place of your life. If that's where you are, would you give God your best shout even right now? Come on, come on. Push the person in front of you. Push the person beside you. All you needed was a push. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.